You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Monday, February 26th, and we just got some news about who the 49ers are interviewing in their search for defensive coordinator. So we're going to talk about it. Joining me to do that today, as always on a Monday, Weston P. Smith. (laughs) How are you doing today, man? You always make me smile when you throw the middle initial in there for me, make me feel real proper. I'm doing great, Steph. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know how much news it is. I think we we all knew some of the, the names, but... I think it's just interesting how this defensive coordinator story has played out and certainly not how I would have anticipated the decision to be made, but plenty of time for us to talk about that over the next 45 minutes or so. (laughs) Exactly. So I'll just uh, get into it here. And basically this news came from Matt Mayoko about an hour or so ago at this point, maybe two hours ago. And he put out this piece saying that the 49ers uh, directly from Kyle Shanahan, um, you know, said that they had interviewed Los Angeles Chargers head coach or former uh, head coach Brandon Staley and an internal candidate, Nick Sorison, who is a 49ers defensive passing game specialist along in this piece. He also mentioned that Daniel Bullock's uh, the 49ers defensive backs coach is also going to be interviewing later this week as well as some uh, outside candidates. Uh, So look out for that as well. I'm sure maybe with the combine, you just never know. We'll we'll hear some whispers, I'm sure. Um, I won't be at the combine, but I'm sure we'll get some of those uh, whispers on the timeline, uh, as we so often do for a combine week. Now, you said yeah, you're not really sure about how how this uh, this is all going down. Tell me about your your concerns about it so far. I, I just I don't I, everything in my gut tells me that this is going to be an outside hire at at this point because I feel like if it was an internal hire, like hey, why weren't these interviews with Sorensen, Bullocks, Kasurik, anybody else whom you might be entertaining? They they should have already been done. Like they should have been wrapped up, completed. That should have been. Priority number one the day after you let go of your defensive coordinator, especially as we're jumping into the offseason, right? Combines here, which means free agency is about to start. The league year is about to be begin. The draft is going to be here. And my concern relative to this is if it's going to be an outside hire, like gosh, we're cutting it awful tight, you know, especially if it's going to be something that is – going to change the scheme and in some element and to me like Brandon Staley changes the scheme a little bit right so I'm a little leery of that I don't think he's he's not my favorite choice but I just by all accounts all reports the names that you just mentioned outside of I'm more curious as to who these other outside folks are like I think we're pretty confident who the internal candidates are even Brandy's Brandon Staley these names have been floated for the last week and a half So like for it to just be happening now just feels like honestly poor management and poor timing. If I'm, if I'm being really transparent about it, I I just would think that this would be a bigger priority than it really seems to be for the 49ers. 
Well, that I mean, that's definitely an interesting way to look at it as well, because the way I'm I'm choosing to look at it, maybe it's just me and, and my, you know, optimism that can sometimes be too much optimism <laughs> is is that I'm I'm thinking, you know, maybe Kyle is taking his time on this because he doesn't want to rush into the next defensive coordinator. I mean, this is kind of a big deal. Who's going to be taking this over? I mean, we, he saw the mistakes he made with Steve Wilkes. Uh, he doesn't want to repeat those mistakes. He wants to look at all of the options, right? I'm not convinced that the internal options are the 49ers or Kyle Shanahan's favorites right now. Um, and so given that, like, I, I think you, there's a lot of research that has to be done on possible guys you want to bring in for interviews. So, you know, even though there's been, there were rifts with, Steve Wilkes early in the season. And, you know, we kind of already knew this was going to happen. The actual preparation of it and research that goes into it, that didn't happen till after the season. Cause realistically Kyle isn't in the middle of a week game planning thinking, Hmm, who, who might be a good, <laughs> you know, candidate when I eventually fire Steve Wilkes. Right. So yes, I'm sure there were some names uh, top of mind for Kyle Shanahan and, and maybe it's the names we already know of, right. The Brandon Staley's the, the two internal ones that we know. Um, and quite frankly, I think Brandon Staley is more of a doing a favor for your agent kind of interview <laughs> because they share the same agent and I think it just it, it looks good, right? Yeah, be nice with uh, you know, with with someone you guys share an agent with. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just think that I, he's taking his time. I think it's fine. I do understand what you're saying. Like, you know, the combine is coming up. You would want to have your defensive coordinator to have some hand in that. Some you know, just to give some feedback opinions on you know whoever's there maybe be that i don't know you know i i understand that part and you raise a good point too that if they're gonna think about changing scheme that'd be something good to know before the combine because you'd have to account for potentially new players who then fit that scheme as much as kyle shanahan did say that he was open to the idea I I honestly don't think it's it's really I don't I don't think he's as open to it as he made it seem. Meaning that he's probably leaning more internal than he is external. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think I honestly and we've been talking about sorry. it. I think sorry, not uh the scheme thing. Like oh, I, okay. I yeah, think yeah. he was uh, sorry, I was reading the comment as, as I was like, yes, I, I tend to do that at work as well. Don't tell my <laughs> boss. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I was just saying, like, for the scheme thing, I don't think Kyle Shanahan is as open to it as he's made it seem. I don't think he is either. I, mean, I just don't think it's the way his roster is constructed, constructed. And I think that's what's making this like crazy for me to digest because i i agree with you right i mean you want this to be a prudent decision you wanted them to be comfortable with it uh, but my concern is just the timing and if this tends to be somebody who is not in the building today um who has a desire to run a different flavor of the defense well this is like a critical time because i understand that 
not all of the resources are about the combine and just the draft. There are other ways to plug holes. We'll talk about those in, in a little while, but I feel like I would want my p- person in position, almost looking at this like a spreadsheet. Got it. This is the roster, how it's constructed today. Middle column, this is what I want to do and the tweaks that I want to make to this existing scheme. What gaps do I need to fill? And, you know, the first glimpse at like, I want my defensive coordinator or my any coach on my team to be in watching the combine intently saying that the this guy fills a gap, that guy fills a gap, this guy fills a gap, this guy fills a position of need, whatever it might be. But like they don't have a job at the present moment. Like how intently are they watching? You know what I mean? This is the offseason for the unemployed, right? The league year hasn't begun yet. So for me, it's it's not I don't I don't want a rush decision. But as much as we feel like they're taking their time, I also feel like it, it means it's getting rushed because there's going to be my gut tells me that before players take the field on Thursday, um, maybe worst case Friday, like a decision's made like you can't let it go longer than that, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, now, do you think that the fact that it's taking longer and and going now into this combine week that it could be a bigger fish? Because I'm I'm getting that growing sense. Like, if it was an internal candidate, if it was a guy you're close with, like Brandon Staley, the three people we know of so far who have or are going to uh, interview for this position – they're all like, you know, kind of in the same realm of, you know, guys who know Kyle already. So I would think they're kind of lower on the list. And then now these external candidates are maybe bigger fish for Kyle Shanahan. And I'll also say just the fact that Kyle Shanahan offered this information, excuse me, this information to Mayoko, obviously knowing he was going to put it out to the media, throw him a little bone, you know? These are the three, like, eh, names so far. I don't want you guys to know who else we're we're thinking right now, but it's big. Yeah, of course Kyle wanted you and I to know what else we can talk about on Monday, February 26th, right? He's like, give, throw them a little bit of something to, to rap about. Um I do think I agree with you, Steph. I do think the prolongment of it does to me signify that maybe there is a bigger name. I won't say multiple, but maybe just a bigger name involved in this equation. And they want to do the proper due diligence and um, do the proper escorting (laughs) of that individual. Right. And those things tend, I'm not going to speculate or guess who it's going to be, but the truth is, is like, all of the outside candidates that we have mentioned by name, right, are bigger names. They're all former yep. head coaches. You know, some of them are Super Bowl winning ex-head coaches or ex-players that were Super Bowl winners, right? Like there, um, there are some big time fish out there. I would just, I don't know. I just like, there's just a part of me that's like, just wrap it up freaking wrap it up yeah you're I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not already patient. getting the sense I've only been patient. talking to you for like about 10 <laughs> minutes here and I'm like Jesus okay I'm not the one making the decision Weston it, Jesus it's, just, uh, it's not that time of year like it's it, this is you know yeah. like this should be all like the structure should be in place and now it should be building the blueprint you know what I mean around it but I mean realist what what does a week of a difference do 
to, like in in this whole thing. In, in well, I mean, we're two weeks away from the league year, right? So we're two weeks away from, or you know, give or take, right? So two and a half weeks away from the league year beginning, two and a half weeks away from free agency beginning, and we all know uh, the the legal tampering period, and then the first two days of free agency is where you're going to make your splash. And if you're a new time new defensive coordinator and you're looking for some some tools. In your belt, you want to be part of that, right? And every day lost. Yeah. I kind of wonder how much flexibility Kyle will allow or or input Kyle is going to allow a new defensive coordinator to have in roster decisions just because, uh, you know, Isaiah Oliver didn't work out too well. In fact, he was cut a couple of days ago by the 49ers and as we know, that was a Steve Wilkes guy uh, nope. who he decided to bring in. And, and of course, Kyle had to agree to it. So it's not like it was just Steve Wilkes who pounded, uh, who made that decision, but obviously had a huge say in it. So it'll be interesting going forward to see if we see that same level of trust with whoever the defensive coordinator is going to be in, say, like personnel input. You know? So. Let's play devil's advocate for one second, Steph. If you are Brandon Staley, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Mike Vrabel, right? Any of these big names that we've talked about from the outside and you're interviewing for the, and you agree to interview for this role and the head coach basically lays the wood saying like, uh, listen, I'm controlling personnel, like all these decisions. Why on earth would you take the job? Right? Yeah, you, so if that's going to be the case, thing. That's another thing. It's probably internal and just get it done. Just get it done. You know, (laughs) I don't like, I, I, it's like that. It's like that one, um, that one meme from like Glee where it's like, I'm going to create an environment that is so toxic. Kyle's over here saying, I'm going to, I'm going to create a job that's so undesirable (laughs) that I just have to go with the internal hire. Now I'm just joking, but you know, yeah, I, I kind of hope that Kyle isn't pigeonholing whoever he's interviewing, uh, you know, any candidate too much in, in all of this. Cause then, and, and maybe he would just do that for certain candidates, right? Like a Bill Belichick, of course, would demand the, the respect and, and the flexibility um, to do what he does and has always done to an extent. Um, but then you have the other candidates who are like, no, you got to do it my way kind of thing. Who do you want, Steph? Who do you want them to hire? I, I, I mean, honestly, I want the big fish. I, I want the big fish because like the big, I, big I, fish. Yes. I want one of the big, big fishes. And when okay. I say big, big fishes, I'm talking about Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, all very unlikely names mm-hmm. are the ones that I want. And I'll even throw in Jeff Ulbrich in there, right? Uh, 49er legend, you know, Jeff Ulbrich. And his his name is has kind of generated some steam in, you know, 49ers fans circles as well. And yeah, that one's probably unlikely too, just because currently he is the Jets defensive coordinator. So that does complicate things a bit. Now, does the fact that they're kind of taking their time in this kind of suggest they would, they would explore that route too, right? Like someone who's hired 
somewhere else and it would be a lateral because you got to line up those ducks before you know making that you negotiate with the jets whatever it would be for um you know making that move uh i don't know just it just kind of makes me think he could very well be an option i i'm starting to think and keep me honest here the longer that this goes the more likely it ends up becoming an internal candidate and i think that is more about like hey the more time that is applied to this decision process might mean that the new coach is missing out on important time to develop um, around the scheme or invest time into prospective players, whether that be draft-related, free agency-related, um, that it might then lean to be somebody internally because it's like, look, the scheme's already here. The players are already here. I know what you need. We'll fill the gap. Congratulations on your first coordinator position in the NFL. What you just described sounded like settling. <laughs> and I don't I don't like that. I don't, I don't either. Like but the, I, I honestly, that. I feel like unless it's one of the big fishes, everybody's going to think this was a settle, a, a settle because you, I mean, there was no obvious internal promotion like a D'Amico, right? To yeah. supplant solid. Like that just, it exactly. doesn't exist right that's now. My, so I, that's, and that is my concern with the internal candidate right now. It like in the past, I'd be like, hell yeah, like let's do it. But right now, and just because last season, they didn't go with the internal candidate. That tells me none of those guys were ready. Are they ready a year later? I don't know. They're still interviewing candidates. That also tells me an internal candidate isn't the favorite. I don't want them settling. Um, so that would, yeah, I, at, at this moment, an internal candidate would be my maybe least favorite choice. And I would, I would say it's likely that it would be an external candidate. Um, now, to counter what you were saying of, well, you know, if they get an external guy, they're losing out on all this prep time. I mean, not all of the external candidates are free agents, you can say. Like, the, there are some guys out there who are on other teams or maybe position coaches on other teams um, who are you know, scouting who are getting ready for that process and on their respective team currently. So they're not missing out on the process. Um, sure. There, you know, there's still that transition time that coach would need uh, to then integrate into the 49ers way of things. But, you know, I, I think maybe it's a little overblown, uh, you know, to say they they'd be losing out on it. I just think I just want this done. <laughs> I yeah, I, just, I think you do too. I think I you just do want too. It done. I, there's <laughs> like I, I understand this is a really important decision, but I really do think at the end of the day, like this team is run by a control freak. So how much control is that person gonna have? And if that's the truth, and he's that individual is gonna be handcuffed a bit, then like insert name here let's go and 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 move on because i honestly step i honestly feel like regardless unless it's one of the splash ones I, I, even if it is one of the splash names that that person's not here longer than a year 
right? I mean, why? if you're why though? Well, if it's Belichick, if it's Rabel, if it's Pete Carroll, like these guys would parlay it into their next head coaching job anyway, right? Like that's what they would use it for. Like the uh, not being out for a year. Um, here, look at you know, a, a, by all intents and purposes, a defense that's littered with stud players up and down, right? Like good potential that if they're well coached and well organized, that you know they're going to put up the stat lines, right? They're going to be in a position of success, and then just boom, right in, right into the next. Like they're going to be the names that are are mentioned again. And then if it is an internal, and all of our concerns come to fruition of like, hey, that person's probably not ready. Otherwise, they would have been named. Then Kyle will just as easily, you know, cut bait and and be in this position again and do it all over again next year. That's what I don't want. I don't. I, I just think it's going to be that way no matter what. Like I think that's what I, the reality of what we're looking at. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I. Again, I keep saying it. I think the 49ers could use some stability at defensive coordinator, and they they need someone who isn't going to get poached away. They need someone who has done it before and is at a point in their career that they're not going to get poached away because, again, they've done it before. Like mm. they, So an older, older – You're describing guy. Brandon Staley. No, I'm not. He's yeah, not that he's old. Not, no, not old. But no, I mean, no just, one will want him as a head coach. He's not getting another head coach Failed job on the, on the short term, right? So like, I mean, it could work out. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's I, not I my favorite, was, like I said, but it could work out. It is my least favorite of the options, but I understand <laughs> it. I understand his last time as a defense coordinator while coaching a very good uh, LA Ram defense. Uh, statistically, uh, they were pretty darn good, you know, but obviously, you know, who I, I do podcast with, who's a diehard Chargers fan. So I pay close attention to the Los Angeles Chargers and his tenure as a head coach. Uh, not so good and the defenses under a defensive minded head coach also not so good um, in terms of just statistical rankings yeah no that's fair and and there was a Chargers fan who was in the comments earlier and he says uh, wish you luck if Staley with Staley if you end with him fails at times he had an amazing defense but majority of the time he can't adjust post half and players said they are too confused um yeah and i mean halftime adjustments are huge for any team like you have to be able to adjust in the nfl um and yeah it's concerning for players to say they are confused and i would say if uh joey bosa has that firsthand experience of staley and not being a fan of it i can't imagine nick bosa is going to buy into it either and he's one of those guys on defense that you do kind of have to listen to his opinion you just sign him to a really big extension he's one of the cornerstones of your defense so for that reason i don't think i can see the brandon staley hiring even happening i hope not i I don't know what else to say but that's just not my (laughs) not my choice you know well Wesson, hopefully by next Monday, we are talking about the new defensive coordinator and the decision will be made. <laughs> God will. Jorge, what am I saying that is worrying you right now? <laughs> Speak to me, man. I don't <laughs> Let me know. Yeah, Staley is not my first choice, but 
again, I, I kind of just see it as a favor to his agent and their agent to, to get that one done. That's why it was done. One of the first ones that were, that was done, get it out of the way, you know? Okay, yeah. cool. Check. Um, <laughs> that's, that's my hope, you know, at, at least that's, that's my hope. So really interested in seeing who the outside candidates are going to be this week. If we even hear about them before the hiring takes place. Well, that's, I, I think that's what I'm most intrigued about as well is just like, just tell me who those people are. Right. Like just give me the exactly names, like, which right now. Kyle very strategically gave us this somewhat uninteresting list of names first. So we would stop yapping about not knowing and he's going to secretly meet with these external candidates. We're not going to know who they are until totally one of them gets Kyle. named as the yeah typical Kyle, man. <laughs> typical it's calculated, Kyle. man. Come on. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll keep tabs on this. At least we have some names. I was surprised. Like we, we hadn't gotten any turns out is because there was no movement <laughs> yet. So I guess that'll explain it. But Weston, the 49ers are preparing for, you know, the draft uh the combine is is going to be this week you're gonna have john lynch in the house he's gonna speak to the media tomorrow um and you know the scouts are going to be in attendance as well Tariq ahmad uh will be in attendance i'm actually curious to see if someone will ask and if john lynch answers who is the replacement for adam peters um because i would imagine whatever that move is that would happen you know at the combine or before the combine. So this new person gets to, you know, use their new role. Right. So yeah, yeah there, there's a lot of decisions the 49ers have to make. What we do know in, in addition to all this draft madness going on, uh, we know that the NFL cap is booming. I mean, business is good for, for the NFL. And so there was a 30 million increase in the cap space for this season that is good for the 49ers um of course so it seems like they are going to have some flexibility one restructure too very well puts them in position to make all the moves they need to um this offseason yeah you're not kidding uh business is booming for the nfl newsflash it always is uh um, it's just a matter of what they want to make the cap. Um, but it's exciting to have the, the cap go up, especially, um, you know, with what was it, the 38 or almost $40 million in cap that they're carrying over from next year and then having it be higher than anticipated. I think that gives them a lot of wiggle room to get creative with existing contracts, kick the can down the road a little bit like they do every year on some contracts and, you know, worry about it when the number inflates even more because it goes up year over year. But I think it gives them an opportunity to be aggressive in free agency right now while they'll still, they still have their starting quarterback on a rookie contract, right? Like the, the Brock Purdy extension is not happening this off season. Mm-hmm. Um, so it literally can't under the collective bargaining agreement. So, you know, you're entering another year with a, Rookie contract, and does that allow you to prioritize um, your homegrown guys, a la number eleven, Brandon Ayuk, who who is the 
the hot topic of the the offseason right now, right? Is is he staying or is he going? Um, and I think the favorable cap makes it a little bit more likely that he stays, but uh, there's still plenty of time until that day happens. It's actually hilarious how quickly we saw the Brandon Ayuk trade talk just vanish uh, in thin air as soon as, like, you know, the new cap numbers uh, for the NFL were released. It's like, oh, turns out the 49ers are able to do all the moves. Oh, imagine that, you know? Um, So, yeah, I mean, the 49ers are in a good spot. It seems like the NFL – of course, it's going to continue growing every year. So they're going to be in the favorable side of, you know, these cap numbers going forward until they're, they aren't right. Like, you know, eventually there's going to be some snag in the road. I'm sure um, happened maybe a couple years ago with COVID. I'm sure that slowed down, uh, you know, the growth, but 49ers are in a good spot. So it was smart of them to project that. And also, you know, build their contracts out as such, you know, in preparation for that. So it's like, they kind of know what they're doing. Right. So the 49ers do have a lot of needs, uh, this off season, as we know now, do you, do you have a pen and paper around you, Weston? I should have mentioned this beforehand, but just always. Yeah, let's go. Okay. What I want you to do, what I want you to do, Weston. Are we doing a little yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, all right. My, my notepad is not as big, but we'll make it happen. Um, write down the 49ers needs, just position. All right, don't get too like, crazy, but just like, like main needs, top, or, top three, okay. top three positional needs. Um, and I hope I'm not um, okay. All right, and let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. All right, I hope you guys can read this. All right. Oh, we're so close. Okay, so we both said offensive line, cornerback, and I said wide receiver or safety. There's a reason why there's, you know, that's kind of both. Um, And then you said edge. So as far as that third one, obviously, like, if Brandon Ayuk were to get traded, which I don't see happening, you know, but I – I do think the 49ers do have to prepare, like as far as scouting goes, they have to prepare for that just in case. Um, So you will probably hear the 49ers meeting with some, one of the top wide receivers. Like you, you will probably hear that. Um, So that's kind of just, if Brandon Ayuk gets traded away, they will need, that will be an immediate need for them. Um, And I also say safety if they keep Brandon Ayuk, because obviously wide receiver would not be a need. Um, But I like that you said edge too, um, because yeah, I think edge is uh, a position of need for the 49ers, but let's kind of tackle this first one. Offensive line. There's a couple ways the 49ers can address this and they, you know, either through the draft or free agency or both. I mean, if you had to choose like what's kind of your, how would you tackle the offensive line um, if you can choose? It has to be both. Um, and I know that's a cop-out, right? But I think the the draft is leveraged for youth movement. And I, I still think, obviously, this team is win-now mode. And I think the way that you bolster the interior of this offensive line, heck, even the the right, the entire right side, maybe the right tackle, 
is the immediate push should be around a, a, a savvy veteran, right? Somebody who's been a little bit of a journeyman, somebody that I almost think of like Lakin Tomlinson. You remember his yeah. run here with the 49ers, yeah. right? Yeah, I know he's a former first round, but he fell well out of favor, right? Did wasn't wanted in Detroit anyway. He got a fresh, you know, uh, a fresh chance with new scenery. And boy, did he take advantage of that opportunity and turn that into a massive contract with the New York Jets. Uh, I think that's the philosophy that needs to take place. But I also think there has to be some youth behind it, specifically if we're talking about addressing the tackle position. And it's got to be somebody who, at least on paper, you feel confident can play both sides, right? Or like might be penciled in day one as your your right tackle in a pinch, can go play left tackle or at least as your backup swing you know, to, to a veteran, because here's the reality. The right tackle is the need today, right now. The the number one need on that offensive line, if you ask me, but that's only because Trent Williams is here. And honestly, we don't know how Trent, how long Trent Williams, we feel confident he plays this season, right? I mean, that's what he told us, but his age, his status, you don't know where his emotions are right now in terms of like getting to the ultimate stage and then the letdown that goes. So you just don't know how long. Um, yep. And if you think you got your franchise quarterback, well, you got to find a way to protect them. It's that simple. Yeah. But I 100% agree. It needs to be both just because, I mean, offensive line, there's a lot of guys you need for that. Um and so you need to have reserve guys as well as your starters. And they definitely need to fill. Uh, I think they need to upgrade. Like you said, the right tackle position. I would love to see an upgrade at the right guard position as well. John Feliciano as you know, the free agent signing last year, I think did provide that upgrade, but I also think they kind of discovered that too late into the season. You know, it, if he had started, from week one and maybe got better with each week and kind of gelled with the group would have been great. In fact, I, I wouldn't even be mad if they re-signed him because I think he is a free agent um, yeah. after this season. Yeah, so wouldn't be mad if they re-signed him, but also just veteran free agents I think is the way to go just to have some sort of safety net in case, you know, these guys and whatever rookies you bring in aren't ready day one, because most of them will not be the 49ers have shown. Um, they, they rather develop guys than have them starting day one. Everyone brings up Mike McGlinchey. Well, Mike McGlinchey was literally one, a first round pick in an early first round pick. And also um, who else did they have at that time? Like they were literally building out the roster. So um, now these days they, they kind of like to develop guys. So I think it has to be both. I would love for the younger guys to be part of that depth, have, you know, free agent veterans who, you know, names that aren't sexy names that guys don't really know because the sexy names for offensive linemen are the guys who cost a ton of money. Yeah. And that quite frankly, the 49ers can't afford. So if you can get a guy like Tomlinson, like you said, Feliciano the 49ers have shown they can find like you know guys who are the unsexy names and make them very serviceable in San Francisco so if they can do that and I think they could as long as they hit on these freaking draft picks and that is yet to be seen because unless they're just still developing I don't know um 
they 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 need to like is spencer burford ever going to pan out that's a question i have i don't know if he i don't know if he doesn't if he does great if he doesn't no home no foul right like it's not to me i mean it'd be uh, nice weston it'd be it nice would be nice does. because it'd be a found gem for the collateral that you put into him right you didn't have to yeah. pay him money still on a rookie contract like yeah you always want those guys to pan out and believe it or not that's Tends to be the 49ers have their most success round five and beyond, right? Like in the draft. And that's where um, he falls into. I think they've missed on a couple linemen, whether it's Burford, um, whether it's Nick Sakelge, right? Like who just obviously hasn't been able to crack in, even when there's been poor interior offensive line play. And that breaks my heart because I'm a Fordham grad. He's a Fordham grad. Nobody was rooting harder for Sakelge than I was, but they've, they've had some misses, but I agree. They, this draft, for everything that we're going to talk about, like they, they have to find two or three late round gems. They just do to have to make, because we don't, we have very rarely not seen, we have not seen many of the early round selections pay off. Right. It's just the way that it's been for them. But what has saved this team are the Fred Warners, the George Kittles, the Elijah Mitchells, the Brock Purdy's right. The Tolanoa Hufunga's, the Diamador Lenores, like these individuals that are just late round picks, and which, you know, what tell me what's the difference between a fifth round pick and a seventh round pick is like, that's just a scout's evaluation, right? Like that's where you just yeah. trust your people. They got to find a home run or two um, in this one as well to continue the youth movement in different spots. And God darn it. I hope one of them at the least one of them is an offensive lineman. Yeah, if they want to stop doing this kicking the can down the road with the cap situation, they have to start hitting on those early round guys. Sure um, yeah, and I, I fear that the Trey Lance thing is, it has already started to catch up to them a bit, and they're just trying to run away from it a little. Um, you have to be able to hit on these picks. This is a very pivotal draft. I mean, you could say that for every draft, but this of one course. really feels like it's at a – it's at a fork in the road for the 49ers, especially coming off like a Super Bowl loss. So the other need that we said for this team was cornerback. And I think that's pretty obvious, right? The question is, I guess, before we can answer this is when you think about Diamador Lenore, um, and by the way, Charvarius Ward, you know, announced he had surgery just the other day. I mean, we didn't even know there was something wrong, uh, oh, but I guess year. it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I guess he's fine. Um, and I, I'm assuming his recovery is, is probably not something that's going to, he'll be ready basically yeah. for the start of the next season. So we shouldn't worry much about that. Um, so the question I have for you is when you think about Diamador Lenore, do you think the 49ers would prefer to keep him at the slot or do they like him more on the outside? That's kind of the decision they have to make as well when they think about who to bring in um, as far as draft or free agents go. Um, I guess it's nice that they have the flexibility either way, but I feel like you do kind of have to decide at some point. Yeah, um, I, this is the the need as corner uh, is not a knock on Diamador Lenore. In fact, I think Diamador no, Lenore is the best corner on the football team, if I'm being real with you, because wow. I think he can do more than Charvarius Ward can do in terms of where you can plug and play him. I think he's so good outside that it hurts when he goes inside, but it is so critical to this defense that they have a lockdown type slot corner. Like, you know, you go back to like, look how this defense looked when it was K1. 
right, for those years, right? And I know K1 was the best in the business yeah. to, to be doing it. But a guy who plays like a smaller linebacker who can cover all those people, can cover a lot of open field, cover a lot of shifty players, like I think Demo is really good in the slot, but I think it actually hurts the 49ers when he moves down there because I think he is that much better outside the numbers. I think he is that good of a corner. So if your best play is to move Demo into the nickel, into the slot, then you it's not Ambry Thomas, right? So you absolutely yeah. have to go find a guy. You're going to actually you got to go find two guys and hope that one of them yeah, pans exactly. out to to be that guy. Yeah, and I know like the fan base is split on this. Like uh Callie in the comments says I like Demo better at nickel. I've seen other people express that as well. Personally, I think I like him more outside. It's just his his natural position. Yes, he is really good in the slot. I won't take that away from him. Um, but I, if they can upgrade and and they can find someone who's who's better at nickel, uh, I think they should go that route. So, and and by the way, as we were just talking about offensive linemen. Lincoln Tomlinson got? was informed by the Jets that he will be released. Come on down. Oh, yeah. Come on <laughs> down. So that's interesting, right? The 49ers are going to have options there. That's great. Now, for corner, uh, one name you mentioned was – sorry. Sorry for whispering touchgrass. Sorry. Um, <laughs> for dramatic effect, that's why I'm whispering. Uh, right. Um, Okay, so yeah, for corner, you mentioned K1 Williams, and I think a reunion is possible there as well. It definitely, you know, he's a free agent. I, I would welcome that. Here's what I think as far as the starting guy or who will take that slot spot, I think I like a veteran option. Um, but as we know, that isn't always like the best option, the 49ers probably thought that with Isaiah Oliver, that didn't pan out. Right. So it doesn't yeah. always pan out. Um, but I think I would like to go the veteran route, just seeing where the corners are at on this team. I think, I don't know. I, I, I like veterans. You have Ufunga and you have, uh, not Sean Gibson. Well, yeah, you have Gibson, but it's probably going to be Jair Brown, um, you know, next season. So Brown, only young guy there i would like that like if if there was just the one young yeah. guy um and then a lot of veterans around him kind of thing so but what about you for the starting corner that the 49ers would want to bring in this off season are you thinking draft or free agency if it's going to be the nickel right and that's the way they want to line it up it has to be free agency and it has to be free agency because it like like, yeah, you want like some super athletic guy, right? Because that's what it's required to play in the slot. And you got to have a guy with a huge ego uh, because you're going to be burnt a lot in the slot. It's a tough position. But I think veteran um, is, you know, a K1. And I, I don't love yeah. falling like with the retreads. Like, that's not my thing. K1 was just the best in the business. But you need a guy who's done it before. You need a, yeah. a savvy individual who has exactly. a high football IQ. Um, especially at the NFL level, to play that position because that position is about space. It's about opportunity. It's about splits. It's about alignments. It's about formations. It's about so much more than just line up from the man across from you. 
um, you cover more space than you do players, you know, in, in that position. So I think um, if you're looking for immediate contribution to success at the nickel slot, it, it needs to be, it has to be a veteran. Yeah. And I uh, completely agree on that one. We're on the same page there. So for offensive linemen, we say both free agency and draft for corner. We want to see a veteran in there. It would not surprise me if they also draft a, a corner. You know, I, I oh, know you have that Daryl. Yeah, you have to. So Daryl Luter is in the mix as well. Womack. Um, but for Womack, but for depth, I, you know, I like bringing in more corners through the draft. Um, now, th- this third option, we were kind of split on, right? I said nope. wide receiver if Brandon Ayuk gets traded, which I think is unlikely. But if they do, for me, that would be a draft selection like that'd be so many you have to bring in through the draft um so you could keep it cost effective and as far as safety afterwards i thought about it and i didn't really like that i put safety because i don't you know they have like their starters it. hufunga and mm-hmm. brown um they need depth though they need depth 100%. very badly and when it comes to depth i would like to see them replenish that through the draft um, totally. Now, the one I want to talk about is the one you listed as your third biggest need, and that was Edge. So do you kind of see that? Uh, personally, I, I see it as both, e- yeah. either either or or both, it's just because like the offensive line, you need a lot of guys on the defensive line. We know how much they like to rotate their guys, how much those guys need the rotation to stay fresh. Um, so I, I think realistically we see them – uh target edge both free agency and draft it have to have to Uh, listen you can never have enough pass rush talent period point blank right like you we mentioned about safeties like i'm of the school of thought you draft edge rushers defensive backs and quarterbacks every draft every draft Every single, I don't even care who your quarterback is, right? Like, if you get a guy who's a diamond or rough, good, you, you parlay that into trade bait. Like, next season, no big deal, no sweat off your back, right? Like, those are the positions you always have to draft. Edge is the identity of this defense, right? Yeah. Like, getting after the, 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 the passer, which they struggled at immensely all season long, if you ask me. And then you got Gregory, Chase Young, right? Claylin Farrell. Uh, they're free agents right so do they come back there's a lot of depth and then you also like we still don't know what drake jackson is and that's a second round pick that's invested into that individual so that leaves me with just talking about like nick bosa yeah and yes he's the best in the biz right like no doubt about it but like they need edge depth and i think you will see one of those two, one of those three, whether it's Chase Young, Randy Gregory, Cleveland Farrell, I would be willing to bet one of them is back, right? Then you yeah. have, but then the other ones, like you, you got to go find your standard Chris Kasurik reclamation project because they have panned out to do well, right? They, they more often than not, they are contributing to this defense. And then, yeah, I mean, you got to go find some, some freaks in the draft, you know, and, and you're not going to waste your first, I don't know saying like your first round pick, right? Like um, I, I just don't know if there's, I, I think the edge feels deep in this, right? And I think you can get some unsung type heroes in the second, third round um, if the board aligns properly, but you got, you, you can't walk out of this draft with adding a, at least one pass rusher. It, it felt like to me, 
that in 2023, like last off season, they didn't prioritize edge. And then in the season, they were retroactively trying to upgrade at edge because they didn't do it in the off season. That's what you don't want to have happen. It's not an ideal scenario. Your options are dwindled at that point. You end up having a trade for a chase young in in the middle of the season. Right. And even that, you know, maybe didn't, uh, you know, live up to the expectations. So, yeah, I mean, I think they definitely have to prioritize it uh, this off season. And like you said, you still don't know what Drake Jackson is. Last offseason, they were banking on Drake Jackson to, to be the guy opposite Nick Bosa. Yeah, three he was, sacks in week one. <laughs> hey, I, I mean, after that, I was optimistic. But Me yeah, too. I, I mean, Me too. <laughs> but yeah, they, they can't bank on Drake Jackson developing into that guy. They have to replenish Edge um, through free agency and the draft. I think there, as always, there's going to be interesting names there. Yeah. Losing Omenahue and Abukam was huge for them. And they could have very well gotten guys at that caliber. Again, I actually thought Clinton Farrell, you know, did a pretty good job in the season. And especially as the season went on, um, he was growing into being one of those guys. Um, and yeah, Robert Beal Jr. Yeah, I wouldn't say they prioritized it because Robert Beal Jr. was like, what was he like fifth round, sixth round? Yeah. Um, he he's a plus athlete. Rounds. He's a plus athlete with minimum. He can develop production. Yeah, if he can develop, yeah, that's he, what I'm talking about. I, I'm saying he can develop in a into a rotational piece. Hundred percent. You know, he part of the rotation. Um, but as far as being one of those two first guys in the rotation, uh, that's who the 49ers need to focus on. Uh, this off season and yeah there's going to be plenty of names and yeah next show uh me and weston we're we'll talk about it some of the free agents who are available that the 49ers can target as well as some of the names that stood out to us at the combine um but you know and i'll just remind you guys i won't be at the combine this off season or you know this week unfortunately but like always, my draft sheet is going to be popping. So make sure you guys um, keep it locked, you know, on Twitter. It's going to be getting a workout, right? Uh, every day there's going to be new names that pop up of guys who um, met with the 49ers. We're going to get a better idea of who the 49ers are interested in out there. So make sure you guys keep it locked on my channel, on my Twitter, Steph49K and Weston. Um, make sure you subscribe to his channel as well. We're talking football podcasts. Um, and, and yeah, Weston, any, any, uh, closing words here? Yeah. I'm just in light of what you were just talking about, about just locking in. Cause this is the time of year to lock in guys. If you don't already know, Steph's doing great player profile. She's interviewing a lot of these, um, young guys that are going to be late round draft picks, undrafted free agents where a lot of football teams are going to find diamonds in the rough and they're going to make their money. So if you want to start getting a better sense of like, you know, the mentality of these individuals and some faces that the 49ers might kick some tires on lock in. She's, she's doing a great profile on these individuals. Um, and I just wanted to give you props for that stuff. Cause I've really enjoyed all the interviews you've had so far. Thank you. And, and yeah, those are very purposeful. Cause like, yeah, it's great to get to know uh, these players. And also uh, just a little tidbit, like most of the guys, most, if not all of the guys that I bring in on those interviews are guys who have had some contact with the 49ers throughout the draft process. Um, so yeah, just, just keep that in mind. Um, 
And uh, Spencer Wagey, who I interviewed last offseason, you know, did get picked up by the 49ers as an undrafted free agent, and he's still with the team. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good way to get to know some of these guys in the draft. So make sure you guys keep it locked. Like this video if you haven't yet. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. But for now, have a good rest of your Monday, folks. Peace.